one body, one massive, glorious, bright light for Jesus Christ as this church shines for Him. May we truly celebrate Him. Amen. Well, it's great to be here with you. It's great to be worshiping with you, man. We are excited to make much of Jesus Christ. It is always all about Jesus Christ. And all of God's people said, amen, man. Let's never forget it. We as a church rally together, and it is for his name, for his glory, for his worship along the way. Well, that said, we're in a series here called Even Then. Even Then, and we're talking about what it means to worship our God in the midst of things washing on our shore, struggles coming up, right? And we've talked about what it means to worship in the face of trials, what it means to worship when we have a sense of uncomfortableness going on, when the world is pressing in with their uh, earthly wisdom, with the selfishness and the challenge to go after it, when conflicts are rising up, when spiritual warfare is pouring in. In all of those cases, may we continue to worship our King. The battle cry is simple. My God can, my God will, and even if my God doesn't, I will worship him. Everybody just say it with me. My God can, my God will, and even if my God doesn't, I will worship him. May God get all the glory in the face of our struggle, we trust him. Well, that said, today we're going to be looking at what it means when the world presses in and seeks to conform, to shape us, to push us, to mold us into what the world is going after. How can we respond? What should our worship look like as an individual? What should our worship look like as a church? that God might get all the glory, all right? So do me a favor, turn with me if you will to Romans chapter 12, and we're gonna start in verse one. Romans 12, starting in verse one, as we go after it here. Point number one, be transformed as God renews your mind and soul. Be transformed as God renews your mind and soul. Notice by the way, it says be transformed. It doesn't say transform yourself right? It's not something we muscle up. It's not a a big effort on our part to change me. It's God doing the work in me and me cooperating, me allowing along the way, right? Be transformed. Let God do his work. And we'll talk a lot more about transformation in this point here. So be transformed as God renews. We'll start out here. It says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. So we'll just start out where it says, I appeal to you. Just so we're clear, this is more than just an ask. This is, I am pleading, I am longing, I am passionately asking, right? This is a pleading from the core. It's not, you know, hey man, it'd be nice if you would. Like, it's not that. It's please hear me on this. This deep pleading in the word there that's used. I appeal to you. Therefore, and when we see the therefore, we say, 
Now, what's the therefore? Therefore, it's a connecting word. Here it's connecting back to probably all of Romans, chapters 1 through 11 up till now. Just so you know, the book of Romans is structured where the first 11 chapters are the theology, the greatness of God and how he works in our life and all the change that he goes after in our lives, this massive hope that we have in him. The 11 chapters cover the fact that we are all sinners. All of us have come up short of the glory of God that Jesus died for us and rose for us. He covered our sin, he is our payment. We have hope in Jesus and as we have faith in him, we can have life in him. Sin can be set aside. We can have victory over sin. May Christ get all the glory. And then we end up with this salvation, separation from sin in this world and a massive celebration of the work of the spirit in our lives. Man, we are adopted as children. We can count on him to do a work in us. In fact, he even groans on our behalf in the middle of our heartache. We are not alone in this walk. We end up seeing him as the sovereign God over all salvation, God doing a miracle saving work, not just with Gentiles, but even bringing remnant Jewish people in and there's gonna be this massive incoming at the end as God fulfills his promise. God saving, God working, God moving, all because of his grace, all because of his mercy. That's like the first 11 chapters of Romans put down into a really quick moment, right? And the reality is he says, therefore, Because of that, because of the power of God at work and the mercies of God pouring in because of all that he has given us, here's our response. He says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God. This is what I was just talking about, the gift of God where he's holding back what we rightly deserve, where he's holding back punishment and lavishing on blessing by the mercies of God. Man, may we be motivated May we be engaging with our God because of what he's doing for us by the mercies of God to present your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and acceptable to God. To present your bodies as living sacrifices. Now he's using kind of a priestly term here, right? Like the priest in the Old Testament times would have come into the temple and presented up a sacrifice. But here the priest isn't presenting a sacrifice of a dead animal, presenting a sacrifice that is living. You and me being able to live out a priestly life with the sacrifice we give being our lives, our living lives lives for him, a living sacrifice. Everybody say living. living. Dude, that's a big deal. Like this is you being given to your God, Lord, your will be done. I am a living sacrifice. I am a priest on fire for you and ready to celebrate you. Notice it says holy and acceptable to God. Holy like pure, not because of who we are in and of ourselves, but because of the work that Jesus is doing in our lives, because of all that he is. I'll even say it this way, things that it is not. We just looked at earthly wisdom a couple weeks ago, right? Not that, holy, right? It's not this selfish ambition. It's not for recognition. It's not for promotion. It's not for self-gain. Or here's even a tough one. It's not for comfort. Man, may we not be going after things for all this self stuff, but instead, Lord, we're going after this for you and your name. This is a sacrifice for Jesus. Self-sacrifice, Jesus lifted up. Now that's holy. God getting all the glory, we point to him. 
He says, holy and acceptable to God, or maybe another way to say that is pleasing to God, puts a smile on Jesus' face. That's what that's talking about. Being able to be pleasing to God as we offer ourselves up and say, Lord, you know what's going on. God, you know what's needed. Lord, I lay my life before you. May this put a smile on your face as I worship you right now, as I give my life over to you right now with all I have. He says, which is your spiritual worship. Spiritual worship, and in fact, that word in the Greek, Latreia, it's a priest word. He's like, this is you being able to be a priest, representing God into this world. You lay your life on the line and celebrate your king with all you've got. Man, you can be a light in this world. To be a light that is shining forth in a dark world that only understands selfishness in various ways, shapes, and forms, just how to make it all about me. And our job is to be a light showing what it is to make much of Jesus Christ. May he truly be the center of our celebration. Are you ready to be a light for your God, to live for your king, to make it much about him along the way? It says, do not be conformed to this world. And the bottom line is this world just presses in like you would not believe. The world is longing for you to be shaped in a way that makes much of you. To bring in idolatry and selfishness, to make it about us, not about Jesus Christ. The world being led by Satan himself and this push in, there's this conforming in the process. It says, do not be conformed to this world. Just so you know, that word conformed is talking about kind of a shaping or a molding from the outside pressing down on and squeezing and putting in shape. Like if you took a ball and squeezed it down, conforming it, pushing from the outside. Or maybe another way to say it is like if you take a tube of toothpaste and if you squeeze down on it real hard, those fresh tubes, and you squeeze on it and the toothpaste comes out and when you let go, it sort of leaves your fingerprints all over on the toothpaste, right? And you can grab and you can like squeeze in the middle and half of you are beyond annoyed right now by that thought, right? Or you can take it and roll from the bottom and you get the exact perfect amount of toothpaste coming out and there's never any other. But all of that is conforming. It's pressing from the outside and making it take shape. He's like, don't let the world do that to you. Don't let the world squeeze down on and shape you. Just so you know, the world uses things like shame, uses things like changing what's right and what's wrong and all of a sudden flips them and then starts celebrating going after the wrong and shaming those who won't go after the proper approach. Even false accusation in the midst, the world pressing down, trying to conform you to a selfishness, to an earthly wisdom, to one that makes much of me and much, much of those around, but not much of Jesus Christ. May we not be conformed to this world, it says, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. Be transformed. This word here is actually the word metamorphosis. It means a change from the inside out, completely changed, like a butterfly, completely changed over. From the caterpillar to the butterfly, complete difference. There's this power work of God at work in your life, changing you 
changing you one degree of glory at a time. You becoming more like Christ. That's the goal. A metamorphosis, not this force down from the outside, but a miracle change from the inside. Man, 2 Corinthians chapter 3 is massive in its statement about how we change one degree of glory at a time. Like sometimes there's really fast changes, right? Which is awesome. Those are welcome. But a lot of times it goes one degree of glory at a time. Ready? And all of God's people said. And dude, that's a huge deal. God continuing to work with us, teaching us what to let go of and how to grab onto him all the more. And this change from within as it's God's glory pouring on us as we behold his glory. It's this massive change of him in us. Please hear me. The church can often change all of this plan into a conforming process again by trying to just press down rules on everybody. And all of a sudden there's this outside forcing down, but there's no changing from within. Not that. That is, everybody say not that. Dude, that is not the plan. Not this hard pressing down of rules and structure that tries to force from the outside, but instead us grasping the greatness of our God, worshiping our King, and as we behold his glory, him changing us from the inside out. May he truly give us this metamorphosis as a renewal of the mind. Everything inside in our values and our purpose and our goals, God changing me. Like a butterfly, this massive difference. Power work of the almighty king, may he get all the glory. And all of God's people said, dude, may we not be pressed from the outside and just shaped. May we truly be changed from the inside. That's the call. As we go into this, let's just say it this way. So how do we be transformed? The call is to be transformed and allow God to do that work. How do we do that? And uh, so let's just say four ingredients to spiritual transformation, okay? Four ingredients to spiritual transformation. Uh, First, number one, you just write, see my need. See my need. Or maybe if you want to put words next to it, Lord, show me my fractures. The first thing that's needed if we're going to go through transformation is an open mind to what God's trying to teach us. Lord, show me my fractures. Right? It's kind of crazy how we become experts of everybody else's fracture. You know what I mean? We're like, we can see where everybody else, dude, I can tell this guy exactly where he needs to change in six or seven ways right now, right? We become experts of everybody else, but me, we don't see our fractures. We walk past those. We don't quite look at those. Man, I'm telling you, for transformation to take place, there's going to need to be a, Lord, show me my fractures. Help me see my need. What needs to change? I'm ready to see whatever you show me. That's number one, see my need. Number two, behold my king. Behold my king. If you want to put words after it, show me your perfection. The first is show me my fractures. The next one, show me your perfection. Like, God, I'm ready to look at you and behold you and worship you with all I have. May we celebrate him with all we've got. And I'm just telling you, massive worship of your king does start to bring change. Just a little newsflash, though. Just so you know, beholding your king in an area where you are fractured, how does he behave? Now that's going to really bring change. 
When you start looking at where you're broken a little bit, what needs to change in me, and what is Jesus Christ like there? You'll be amazed how you just start rocketing forward in your worship and your change. All too often what we tend to do is if we don't like something about ourselves, we'll kind of avoid that and we'll see the value of the opposite in some way and we'll begin to look at Jesus in that way and we'll worship that and we'll kind of give our way, ourselves excuses for staying there. I mean, for lack of a better example, just think of it this way. If you're like, um, I don't really like hospitality that much. I'm not really big on bringing people in and trying to work through. Maybe I'm more of an introvert. I try to work my, but you know what? I love just time alone with the Lord, time, just that solitude thing. So you study all the times where Jesus goes after solitude and he does. There's times where God is just working, the father working with the son in this massive moment. And you're like, see how important solitude is. And you keep building up you by yourself not caring for anyone, right? And all of a sudden we're missing this fracture in us where it's like, Lord, show me when you sacrificed you, when you were with people, when you laid hospitality on the line and invited people in. Help me see that part of you. Man, that is a massive moment. I'm telling you, this is a life-altering moment. Take this in. Really be holding the glory of your God where you're fractured. And all of a sudden you will go, oh, that's what it needs to look like. Lord, I long for me to look a little more like you there. May you get all the glory. Dude, this is a huge deal. Beholding the glory of the Holy Spirit and all that God is where I'm fractured and it begins to change from the inside out. God doing a work as he reveals, this is who I am, this is my love, this is what I'm about, come with me. And it starts to change one degree at a time. Everybody say one degree at a time. Just setting expectation, right? It's not like we do a little bit of that and bam, we're perfect, right? Not that. We do a little bit of that and we start to get a little bit of breakthrough as God's doing a work in us, all right? So first is see my need, next behold my king. Third, let God lead. Let God lead as he starts to show you ways that need to change in your life, how you can allow him to work, let God lead. We'll just say it this way. First was show my fractures. Next was show me your perfection. Third one, show me your way. Show me your way. Lord, how do you want me to go after this? Lord, show me your way. I'm ready to follow you. You lead. You're in charge. May you get the glory. What part of my character needs to be shaped right now? Lord, help me see my need. Behold my king and let God lead. All of a sudden, we are being transformed. God doing an amazing work. And then the fourth one, I'll just say, have a proper target. Proper target would be the fourth one. Um, Man, your heart looking more like Jesus, that's a proper target. You actually being more like Christ, celebrating God, building others up, right? Like love God, love others. Now that's a proper target. The more you are caring for God and caring for others, the more God is getting the glory. Now you're getting the target. And I'll just say this, be careful. Don't make the mistake of making the method the end goal. Don't make the method the end goal. For example, like getting in the word, 
And I'm in the word daily. Like, that's awesome, man. The word of God can reveal who our king is. And we can see so much about him. It is so valuable to get in the word. But man, the end goal is not just you in the word, right? Somebody says, so how are you doing at being transformed? You're like, great, I'm in the word every day. That, that didn't answer the question yet. Hopefully you heard it. The proper question is, well, that's great. Are you looking more like Jesus now? And in what ways? Like, how is that happening? The end goal is you looking more like Christ and God getting the glory. The end goal is not you checking a box that you were in the word every day, right? Be careful. Don't make the method your end goal. The method is just a method to get you more aware of who your God is. Yes, get in the word. Yes, get in the word daily. That's not the goal. Him changing you one degree of glory at a time. And all of God's people said, dude, that's huge transformation secrets right there. To be able to see my fractures, Lord, to behold your glory, to be able to go after all of this in a way that's worshiping him. As you let God lead, Lord, show me your way. I'm ready to follow you. And you have a proper target along the way. Watch your God change you one degree of glory at a time that you might be a light beaming forth in this world, that you might be an amazing force for your king as you show the love of God in this world. May we all be a light that's going to last for eternity, making much of our God. He says that by testing, you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable. That by being able to evaluate and discern by testing, you'll be able to figure out and reason through. This is where God's going. This is what God's doing. This is who he is. This is my God at work in me. Lord, I am ready to give you me. Take my life as an offering and a sacrifice. Shape me a little bit more today. A little bit of you being gone tomorrow and a little bit of more of your God coming in. May he get all the glory break down the selfishness, raise up the worship, all for Jesus. And all of God's people said. All right. That said, um, yesterday, last night actually, uh, did something that we don't typically do in our family, but uh, I had the girls over to the house. We did kind of a daddy-daughter moment. Uh, last night was actually the Persaids meteor shower. shouldn't say last night. It's going on for like a month. But last night was like the peak moment, all right? And the skies were like really clear. And so Megan and Alyssa came over and uh, their husbands were watching the kids at home and, and uh, giving us opportunity to do that. And Jonna helped watch the, one of the kids earlier on. And uh, so uh, we had the girls over and I was out and back and uh, laying down with them in the back. We actually went and laid on the back hill there. And uh, as we laid down there, uh, just watching up into the sky, which was pretty clear last night. This is just in Morton. You could actually see the stars pretty well. And every once in a while, you'd see a, a shooter come across. And some of them were really light, but every once in a while, you'd see this really big like shh. It was really cool. We saw eight to 10 really big kind of streaking, falling stars last night as we laid there for about an hour and a half. It was like from 
10 till 1130 or so at night, kind of laying out, just watching that and enjoying the weather and laughing together and talking and watching these uh, just amazing shows in the sky. And the reality is you're seeing these bright beaming stars, these just blasting bright stars all over the sky that are just beaming forth. And, and then every once in a while you see this comet come through and, and as, or uh, just kind of the debris come through. And as it does, just so you know, they say that most of those are about this big. Like for real, little, small, but they're coming in at thousands and thousands of miles an hour and they hit the earth's atmosphere and they just go and they light up and they go and then they're gone. This fast, quick, amazing splash of light and then it's over. And the reality is it's like the perfect example of being forced and conformed, this heat to the outside and and then and it's over. The reality is they look a lot like the stars all over the sky for like a second. And then that's it, and then they're gone. And uh, you know, we were sitting there at one point and uh, Alyssa saw a light over the counter of her eye. She goes, oh, I saw one over there. And I was like, I thought I saw that too. And uh, Megan hadn't seen it at that point. And uh, we were kind of looking around over there and all of a sudden another one went. And Alyssa goes, there's another one. I'm like, I think I saw that one too. And Megan goes, uh, I think that's a firefly. <laughs> And I'm like, no, there's no fireflies in the backyard anywhere. And all of a sudden, the firefly right above our blanket goes, whoop. We're like, okay, maybe it was a firefly, right? So you're looking all over, looking for these little lights that flash up in the moment. And, but the reality is there are these beaming bright lights in the sky. Here's what he's saying in the beginning of Romans 12. May we be stars that are beaming forth with this massive light that goes on and on. May we not be this quick little that's over and then force and pressure making and changing us, whether it's even pressure from the outside in the church or pressure from the world. May God transform us and make us a light in this world. And all of God's people said, that's our call, man. So how are you doing at being a light, at being transformed, at having the king do a work in you from the inside out? Your fractures being laid before the great physician. May God get all the glory, all right? Point number two, think humbly. Act as one body. Think humbly, act as one body. He says, for by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you. He's like, listen, I'm not saying this because I'm so awesome. This is God having poured on amazing blessing to me. I don't deserve any of it. And as God has poured it onto me, I'm just sharing it out with you. God has rocked me. God has softened me. And so I'm sharing this with you. It's not my greatness. It's God's goodness. He said, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think. Man, may it be about humility. Don't make it much about yourself your comfort, your titles. Don't make it all about how you feel in a moment. Make sure that it's all about your God lifted up and the people around you cared for. May God get all the glory. He's like, down with pride, up with humility, all for Jesus Christ. He says, but to think with sober judgment each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. 
with sober judgment according to the faith that God has, presi- has assigned to you. Being able to understand God a little more. God works with each of us in unique ways. And however God has given you insight to seeing who he is, you being able to trust in him, lean on him, go after him in your worship, in the unique expression you have with him, all for Christ and his glory. Love lifted up, God changing you, you looking more like Jesus along the way. Faith being the center of this amazing hope in you where you trust in him. He says, for as in one body we have many members and the members do not all have the same function. So we, though many, are one body in Christ. He's like, look at your own physical body. Think of all the members you have. You have fingers and hands and legs and arms and you have a head and eyes and ears and all these different functional members. And every one of them plays a role and all work together for this body to work as one. Man, we as the church are called to do the same. We are called to be one body, many members. One body. Everybody say one body. One body, unity, togetherness. There are many members with lots of abilities and lots of faith and God doing different things in different ways. One body, one massive, glorious, bright light for Jesus Christ as this church shines for him. May we truly celebrate him in our own personal life, in our family's lives, in this church life, one body. It says there are many members. There are a lot of people with a lot of different giftings and a lot of different thoughts, but all of us, the ability to rally together and be an amazing bright light together. He says, so we though many are one body in Christ and individually members one of another. Like we have a togetherness, a family as we work together. This church connected together in a huge way as we let God move in us. That's the call. Are you ready to let God move in you, bring you into the church and have a key role, being able to be a part and one with the rest as we run with Jesus Christ? May we truly be a bright light in a very, very dim world. I'll say this, I love this church. I love the volunteers that we have. I love the servers that we have all over the place. We got so many volunteers, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of volunteers that just make this church rock on a weekly basis. I mean, when we come in on a Sunday, you got the parking team right out front being able to guide you into a spot, get you right into a place. They're like the front lines greeter team as they're welcoming you in and getting you to a spot in that kind of a safe and quick moment so you can get in and out. And we've got, as you're coming forward, the greeter team as you're coming in. You got bookstore, you got cafe, you got people doing children's check-in. Man, you come in here, you got worship and production just killing it in here, making such a powerful moment of experience together. And you've got security teams and medical teams and in the back, children's workers and student ministries workers and people all over the place just saying, let's make Jesus Christ number one. We got elders and pastors just rocking it for Christ. May God get all the glory. Man, we have a church that is on fire, and we got so many, amen, man, huge deal, and it's a sweet privilege to be counted as one, a member of that team and working together. It's an awesome call out, simple call. So how are you doing with recognizing your oneness call with your God? 
And do you have a role? And uh, maybe today's a day to be going after joining in and being a part of the team here and being one as we make much of our king, not conformed to this world, but transformed by our almighty God, right? Point number three, use the gift or gifts the Holy Spirit has given you all for his glory. Use the gift or gifts the Holy Spirit has given you all for his glory. It says, having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us. Man, each of us as believers has a spiritual gift, at least one. Did you know that? If you are saved, the Holy Spirit is doing something in you and you are a gift. He has actually gifted you with that ability, whatever it is, and then he has gifted the church with you, right? Ephesians talks about you yourself being the gift. Here it's talking about the ability being the gift to you. And just so you know, you can make a massive impact along the way. I just wrote this down. So what is a spiritual gift? We'll say it this way. A divine ability that is empowered by the Holy Spirit. A divine ability that is empowered by the Holy Spirit. Every single believer has this at the point they're saved. And the Holy Spirit beginning to do something in you and through you. What is God giving you as an insight, an ability that is absolutely all about bringing glory to Jesus Christ? And please hear me, there are talents out there. We're not talking about talents, although God may use a talent within your your gifting, right? You may have a high ability to be able to see what needs to be cleaned and clean it up, but you have the gift of serving and helps, and so you pour in and you help all over the place. That's an awesome moment to be able to use your serving and your helps in an area where you also have some insight. That's great. I'll even say it this way. Music is a sweet, sweet moment. It's a great opportunity. It's a high talent. We have so many talented people, but an ability to bring God's love, God's passion, to serve, to be able to help, to be able to be a part of, to bring your talents and skills together with your spiritual gift will light you up. I'm just telling you, it's going to rocket you in your worship of your king. And he's like, let's make sure we go after it. In fact, he says here, let us use them. Just so you know, in the original language, that word isn't there. It just says, you have gifts. Mic drop. Doesn't say anything. It's like, let's use them is the point. And so he just, they write it in here in the ESV. Let us use them. So now he gives some example of the gifts. We'll just walk them real quick. If prophecy in proportion to our faith, prophecy is speaking forth the words of God, it is even speaking forth the word of God, probably preeminent nowadays, is taking God's word and sharing forth what it says. Principles from God's word that rock our life and uh, being able to do that. There are some that like to use the phrase like, um, hey, God told me to tell you. And uh, can I just say this? I'm just gonna say this carefully. Be careful with that phrasing. Be super careful. You're probably not hearing an audible voice It better be checked with scripture. Man, I'm telling you, if you ever tell someone, here's what God says and it doesn't happen, you need to apologize profusely and never ever do that again. Please hear me, I would rarely, probably never, if it's not in God's word, be saying, God told me to tell you. How about this? It sure seems when you see scripture and what God's doing that this could actually be something going on in your life. Maybe God's nudging you there. What a great piece of thought and you're not putting the hammer down of authority. God told me, and then we have to say, well, I, 
I'm going to reject that thought. Don't put people in that spot, man. Don't put yourself in that spot. Let God move. And I'm telling you, thus saith the Lord happens when we open God's word every time. And all of God's people said, like this is authority and we do follow him. And make sure that the prophetic word is predominantly coming from God's word. And says in proportion to our faith, like trusting him, leaning on him. Don't trust yourself, trust your king. All too often the one that says, I have a word of the Lord for you. Uh, is often trusting themselves and a feeling they have, and it can get them into a tough, tough spot. Please be careful with that, all right? Um, It says, if service in our serving, like to be able to have the gift of seeing a need and coming alongside, helping where help is needed, right? In any different way, to be able to help along the way. This is a massive privilege to be able to serve. And the one who teaches in his teaching to be able to take God's word and break it down and make it clear and explain it up and call to a challenge, awesome. To be able to do that, proclaiming the truth of God's word and the clarity of the practical callouts. And uh, we have teachers all over the place in this church, right? We've got children's teachers and student teachers. We've got adult teachers. We've got pastors that teach. We've got women's ministry with just a rocking teaching team. Man, make sure you see the value of teaching in the midst. It's a huge deal. It says, and the one who exhorts in his exhorting. This is like encouraging. This is a cheerleader on steroids, right? This is like, I will bring it. I will bring it big and constantly with a challenge to you. You can do it. You can do this. Look what God's word's calling to you. You've got this. You can do this. A strong call to the right thing with a high cheerleading along the way, all right? And it says, and the one who contributes in his generosity. Some are gifted with giving. Now, we're all called to give. You heard Pastor Mitch even say that here just a little bit ago, right? Giving of our first fruits. All of us uh, giving back in that way, a worship to our king. But some are gifted with giving even over and above. And God will bless in and they're able to give of their time or their talent or their treasure over and above, pouring it in all for God's glory. The gift of giving is a sweet, sweet over and above gift along the way. And uh, do that in generosity, right? Not in some kind of control move, but in generosity along the way. It says, and the one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. I love this challenge, by the way. It says, to the acts of mercy, right? The person who comes alongside hurting souls. Right? Some of you right now know that's you, right? You, like, you see people hurting and that's your call. You just come right alongside of them. Acts of mercy, he says, make sure you maintain the cheerfulness. You're going to pull yourself around a lot of hurts along the way. Keep a joy that God is doing something bigger than you can see, and you keep a joy in your king, cheerfulness along the way for the mercy heart word there. Now, this is just some of the list of uh, different gifts that we can have, and there's others in other chapters of Scripture, Ephesians and whatnot, but this is just good for us to understand a starting point. Hear me, each of us, gifted by God, called into this body to be a light along the way, all for him. And in the end, he says, let love be genuine. That's what all this is ultimately about. Love the Lord your God and love those around you all for him. Are you ready to serve your king? Are you ready to lay yourself on the line? Are you ready to be one with this church body and partner together? May we be a light in a dark world. May God get all the praise. 